All right. You were saying? Um, Great. Anyway, shut <laughs> up. You see? That's another thing. <laughs> What is going on, ladies? <laughs> Do your thing. All right, what is going on, ladies and gents? You're watching Emeroy TV or Vision Paradox TV, and this is a slightly different format from my typical interviews. This is a little bit more of a roundtable, channel-specific questions, but this one's a little bit more uh, free, where we get to talk about certain things, and you just happen to be in the middle of our conversation. Um, I'm dubbing this Antics with Antics, because we are with my crewmates from Antics. Hashtag redundancy. So. Yeah, that, that was like four antics in one <laughs> sentence. But anyways, uh, before I we even get into this conversation, I'm going to go around real quick, introduce yourselves, uh, and... Uh, a little bit about you before we get into the conversation. Gil, as since you're to my right, get started. Yo, what up? This is B-Boy Guillotine from the Concrete All-Stars, um, also known as Hans, the Han Soloist, professional breakdancer, B-Boy, and also graffiti artist, muralist, educator, cultural ambassador, and I bake crepes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why did you have to do that? I know I was trying to hold it. I no, was I was just kidding. I don't actually bake crepes, but I do make a mean stir fry, and that's real talk. So I was thinking, I was, can crepes be baked? So that's like threw off. Yeah, head. that's why I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, that was a good intro. Um, I'm Cassie. I am also a member of Antics. I am a dancer, choreographer, creative director, teaching artist, um, Afro Vibe ambassador, and human being, Taurus, um, with a Gemini ascending sign and a Sagittarius oh, moon sign. And I love the park nature. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kidding. Don't worry about the rest of that stuff. All right. So I guess the first thing I want to talk, talk about is... We're all from Cali, right? Well, well, how are you guys enjoying the weather? We're in Moline, Illinois right now. So how are you guys enjoying everything right now? Like, we're talking about the weather, folks. Yo, it is as cold as deep space. If you watch Infinity Wars, there's a part yeah. where, they, yeah. where they throw the guy. I just watched it. Yo, so you know what I'm talking about. When, I just they, when they throw the guy off the spaceship and he's, yes. and he's looking back at them and he's like, <laughs> he's like freezing while you look at him. That's basically how cold it is here. Like I went out last night, walked across the street to go to the pub, just across the street, just to get a beer. Cause we've been here all day and all yes. night. You know what I mean? You gotta just, and me, I'm that type of person. I always gotta like get see out. how it feels, you know? So <laughs> when I walked back from that pub, I think it was like negative nine, negative 10. And I felt my whole body like going like this. Like, <laughs> so it, it, it scared me. Like I got short of breath. Like Ooh, it, it sure. literally like made me scared. And I just ran back inside. And it's, it's that cold that's so cold. Even after you come inside, you feel it inside mm -hmm. your body. Like it penetrates the, the core of your being. It's crazy. How about you, Cass? How are you dealing with this weather? Um, <laughs> so yeah, speaking about that, uh, this morning we woke up super early and we saw a guy throwing water. Oh yeah. <laughs> turning it into powder. And so we attempted it and we did it three times total. That was the max <laughs> I was gonna do it. But afterwards I felt my toes getting numb. And we were literally out there probably like 40 seconds, 30 seconds, 25 seconds. And it took me a while. So right now I have um, hand warmers in my socks right now, just to make sure, because even now you can feel the cold like seeping in. Right. And it's yeah. freezing. 
we're just really composed right now. Yeah. <laughs> we're you professional know, movers, so we're moving so fast and shivering. Like you flash. can't even tell. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's very important, you know, because we're dancers, we're here to do gigs and, t and do shows, or we mm -hmm. teach kids, and we have to dance impressively. So it's very important to maintain yes. your physical fitness and your range of motion. So yes. that's kind of a cool thing about our, out here and being in this polar yes. vortex is like, I'm discovering ways to train while we're out here. Yes. It's pretty amazing. I'm actually going to do a little polar vortex uh, challenge <laughs> a little later today. And what I'm going to do Plug. is actually, it's an ancient technique that's been used by many cultures, such mm -hmm. as the Scandinavians, the Japanese. And what you do is you sit in a hot, hot tub, and then you jump out in the freezing cold air and you roll around in the snow, right? And so then you, then you can get back in the hot tub so you don't freeze to death. But what that does is it stimulates the circulation in your whole body. So it makes mm -hmm. you like heal up faster. It makes you super strong. If you look at a lot of professional athletes nowadays, they're paying thousands, like probably tens of thousands of dollars for cryotherapy. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like Floyd Mayweather is one of the really yep. famous ones. Before he beat the crap out of Conor McGregor, he was doing con yeah. uh, uh, cryotherapy to help him recover. And a lot of people are doing this. It's, it's a new thing. And it's not a new thing. It's an ancient technique. And I'm going to do, you know, similar to an original version here in Moline. Stony in Creek. the polar vortex. Because I'm a sav like Man, that. I kind of want to try it now. Do it, baby. <laughs> I go. told him I was going to try it, but I don't, I, I don't I, know. I don't have any proper swim gear. I just now that I saw the water. Shorts. That's why I bought also, the tank top and shorts. they got shorts right there in the lobby. Oh. Then they got women's swimsuits as well. Really? Ooh. Right the lobby. Oh, because Sorry. I bought the tank top and the shorts. No excuses so. now. Yeah. We no have to do it. That's now. what I'm saying. <laughs> it, yo, I did it yesterday. I swam out and I didn't get out of the pool because I was just that, that, you know, we did shows yesterday. I was yeah. just feeling kind of tired. I didn't want to go full sad, but I just swam out and stood <laughs> up. The pool goes up to here and yo, it makes you feel so good, bro. It's so invigorating. Like it makes <laughs> your, it makes you feel like Superman. It's crazy. So to your pool. Outside hot tub. No, he hot, did tub, hot tub first. Get warmed up. Yeah. Then get in the pool because our pool is dope. It goes indoors yeah. to outdoors. You yeah. can swim outside inside the pool. So it you is get in the hot cool. tub, you get warmed up to where you're breaking a sweat. You jump out, jump in the pool, swim outside, boom, jump out of the pool, do what you got to do, roll around jump in the snow, in do some jumping jacks, whatever, jump back in. The pool is heated, so you're good. Yeah. Swim back in, hop back in the hot tub, warm up again. Fuck. You think you're gonna do it, Emory? I'm kind of down to do it. Yeah, baby, wanna, let's go. It. This is great footage. It's it gonna is. be great vlog, vlog footage. It I want to do it, it too. Is, I just it we is. have to make sure we don't get sick. Um, but yeah, yeah I think we'll be okay if we just if do it. He's once. doing it. <laughs> if we just do it, yeah. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll be, be good. How long does that take? Like two minutes? Less than that. Way less than that. You don't even you don't even want to be outside. You can do it without getting out of the pool. Like you can just swim out, stand up in the heated water, feel and feel like from here up how cold it is, and just that like gets in you. You know what I mean? Like you Shit. breathe the air, you can feel the coldness in your chest. It's what do you crazy. do once you're outside? Do you jump? Do you jumping jacks and then you just hop back in and swim back? Yeah. When, when it when the temperature warms up, because right now it's like negative twelve right now, so yeah. I'm not gonna do this now. But when the temperature warms up, because later this week it's going to get back up to like 20s and 30s yeah. and 40s and whatnot, I'm going to do the real like polar bear challenge where you like roll in the snow. Because there's there's a bunch of snow up there and I could literally lay down yeah. in, a, in a deck chair and like roll in the snow and hop yeah. back up and jump back in, right? That's oh, what I'm going to do. But um, today, today. today we're just going to... <laughs> if I do that, I might die. We're just going to go... Yeah. Stands up and then swim back. Yeah. Then hop into the Because these are record cold temperatures, you know what I mean? And I want to be able to say, we did not something. only was I there and I went outside, 
I went outside soaking wet in a swimsuit and did some ill cryotherapy type shit because I'm a superhuman. And yeah, then yeah, performed. That'd be kind of cool. Then yeah. performed. <laughs> then performed. My performance was better because of that. Yeah. Because my circulation was percolated. <laughs> All right. It's time for the percolate. It's time for percolate. It's so- Why was I singing that today? He says percolate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hop back on real quick about what we talked about like yesterday about social media and dance. Like, oh, okay. Your, yes. your thoughts on that? It doesn't have to like, you know, because I, I I run a I run social media. A lot of people I could see both the bad and good sides. Yeah, we, we elaborated a lot about that yesterday. So your thoughts? Doesn't uh, have to be in a particular order. Okay, it took me a long time to even get in, into social media, but I think when it comes to dance and now being a part of it and using it, I use it as a tool um, and see how you were able to use it as a tool. I've been hired on gigs through it and things like that. I've been hit up because of things I've posted um, through my social media. So in that way, it's really great. But um, as we talked before about it, it doesn't display everything about who you are, about your life. It doesn't give a whole picture of you, even as a dancer or artist or whatever you're portraying yourself to be out there. Um, but if you're using it as, as a tool and a resource um, to do the things that you do, that's great. But for me, um, I notice people look at it as, uh, oh, that's what you're doing. Like I have sometimes many people who, based off my Instagram, will be like, oh, you're in Mexico? Oh, you're in Mexico? Oh. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I just posted that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it becomes almost as if it's like... Um, it's almost as if it's now like a like a telephone or a texting matter, and it, and that's when it gets a little bit weird. Cause I'm like, if it's not for a job, please don't assume that everything that I put out there is exactly what I'm doing. I'm not gonna share some things. Like nowadays, I try not to get too private because now I am using it as a business tool. So I don't need to show everybody what I ate for lunch, what I ate for breakfast, <laughs> where I'm going on Sunday on my day off, or hey, it's my mom's birthday, or blah, 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 this, and I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's writing a thin line for me, so I'm now I'm trying to like set some boundaries for my social media mm. um, nowadays because it's getting, too, uh, it's getting to be too much. Mm. Way too much. I, I totally agree with that, and I feel the same way, and I've been doing the same thing. Um, I've been streamlining my um, Instagram accounts to just be one thing, kind of, uh, you know, with less personal information. Um, just because, yeah, I use it for business. You know, you look on there, you're going to see my headshots. You're going to see me dancing. You're going to see the art projects I do. You can see the people um, that I am, am building with when it's a cool job that looks cool. And so for me, it's it's something that I use when I submit for an application. Yep. You know, I send them all my links and my social media is one of them. So mm-hmm. so I use that stuff to look good for work and also for work to come, come to me through social media. And that's yep. cool. But yeah, a lot of people get the wrong impression from it because that's not their account. Their account is a personal account where they yeah. show their baby and their <laughs> food and we're, we're going bowling, you know? Like, yeah. That's great. That's totally cool. However, I don't like to share that much information about myself. And yeah. even when I do post stuff, it's always later after the time. Like, for example, right now exactly. we're doing school shows. Yeah. I'm not going to go to a school and be like, hey, I'm here at Ridgeview Elementary in Moline, Illinois. And we're here right now about to do this show because that's just not safe. And in general, you want to protect yeah. your information and your location so that just you don't put yourself in a predicament yeah. or compromise your own 
safety because people are literally prowling these accounts, the trolling time. them sometimes randomly. And I, I just do it. I don't think anybody's going to target me or try to victimize me or anything like that, honestly. But I do it as a practice to keep my information safe yeah. and to keep my accounts more professional and more based around that because yo like you don't you don't need to see my personal stuff that's for me my family my friends yeah. and when i decide to post that stuff enjoy it but um other than that no mm -hmm. and so i think too there is a side of consuming so what you look at you know and what i have decided i've sort of made the choice i just want to look at positive stuff mm -hmm. i understand mm -hmm. there's a lot of crazy shit going on but you know what? Crazy stuff is always going on. And now on social media, everyone just posts it every single time. And I don't need to see all that. I need to keep my brain and my thought process clear and positive so I can continue to do positive things in the world and continue to support the youth, the culture, this movement that we're already involved in. So that's another thing. I try not to like scroll through or look at stuff that's gonna get me riled up and make comments because then those people comment back and blah, blah, blah. You have this whole um, interaction with someone who literally may never leave their own house. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got people on it's social true. media that's going to say they run a clothing line or say they're this or that, and they are nobody. You know what I mean? And I have seen some of these things personally, like Catfishing, really weird stuff that is so random that only happens because of this social media mm -hmm. situation. And I just decide not to engage those people because they're of a lower vibrational frequency and when people try to engage me i always remove myself from that because i don't need to be a part of your ignorant interaction i'm sorry but you're contributing to the opposite of evolution for human beings you're contributing to people getting dumber and being more addicted <laughs> to this inaccurate misleading information okay and that's not what i'm about i'm about promoting Positivity, peace, love, unity, having fun, hip-hop culture, b-boying, and graffiti art. That's what I do. And I love that because it's like, mm. even though people talk about a lot about the whole, you know, social media is this, that, you know, and the third, you know, it's like it, how it's negatively affecting it. But people also overlook the fact that the good that social media has also done for other people as well. Because like, like we, we, us, we're trying to be a stand for that to be more than just here's my life or here's something I'm complaining about with the current you know, situation in the US. As humans, we tend to have, we have a tendency, a lot of like, tendency to focus on the negative because that's what helped us survive, you know, prehistoric ages mm -hmm. or in the early days of, of, of being cavemen. But I think what social media has allowed uh, for a lot of people is to build, really build something out of their passion yeah. as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, if this were the 90s, Mm -hmm. Like we would not have the opportunity to put ourselves out there as easily yeah. compared mm -hmm. to now. Like Definitely. we can't, we can't, like especially with all these SoundCloud artists blowing up. Yep. Yeah. In the nineties, you, you would have had to go through like Spotify. Yeah. 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 You, have to, you would have to go through an A and R and mm -hmm. all that. Like so, like it's it's made it easy. It's given everyone everyone an opportunity. Yeah. At the at the same time, there's the, there's the sleaze balls that try to just use it for their own benefit instead non -stop. of stop. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that, just to piggyback on what you're saying, uh, I want people to know, like, I'm not a person that's putting, like, trying to put a blinder on to things that are happening in this world. I'm a person that if you look at what I do and what I'm promoting, I'm somebody who's doing something in real life mm -hmm. about these things, not arguing with trolls on social media about it, because that is fucking pointless. Yeah. Okay. Once again, this person is somebody that could be in their mom's basement and never leave, <laughs> or they could work for the freaking anybody anything you know what i mean so i don't have time for that 
what I promote is an answer through my way of life. And yeah, it's not about denying that these things are happening. Yeah. It's about taking a real action in life, not on social media, not through some heated debate with some ignorant person somewhere else. Yeah. Because let's face it, y'all, they're still going to wake up eat their biscuits and gravy and go about their, <laughs> doing their ignorant <laughs> thing, whatever it is. And it's not my responsibility to wake you up. However, if I present something to you and you are that person and you look at that without a sort of like political or ideological spin on it and you look at my artwork, let's say if I painted a mural where you see me breakdancing and you go, oh, yeah, well, that's real cool. Guess what? You just co-sign peace, love, unity, having fun, diversity, all people of all nations coming together. Subconsciously, you are accepting these things. Yeah. And that's what I'm about is promoting that. So okay. I, so it's really about not what you not what you're typing. Anyone can be a keyboard warrior. Anyone, Anybody can. Anyone yeah. can also quote something from everywhere else. But it's really about actions speaking louder than words. Oh yeah. And then, I mean, all right. You were saying. Um, Great. Anyway. Shut <laughs> up. You see, that's another thing. <laughs> we can talk. You can jump on that after what you wanted to say about. It's so guess. rude. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I was interrupted. Um, um, going off what Gil and Emory have both said, I think um, another thing that's important is utilizing it as as a tool, but not seeing it as, I guess, a scapegoat. People, uh, I think um, Gil mentioned it. It's like you're portraying yourself to be a certain way, but it's not consistent with the way you actually live your life. Then yes. in reality, you're just using it to put up a facade and you're not keeping oh. up with that facade. And that's unfortunate because when people see you in person, be it if you're like a social media star, celebrity, a dancer, an artist or whatever, you would hope that the things that you're putting out there, let's say quotes or um, videos or, or footage of you doing something like volunteering, in reality, you're not just putting it out there to let your points go up higher and make you look a certain way when in reality, you're not doing those things. Because another thing that I've noticed being a teacher is that kids are really looking at this right now to find um, their icons, people that they want to emulate and um, and not copy, but want to look to as um, people to follow. Yeah. So I, I had to have a couple of conversations with my students in which I'm like, I understand people are sharing certain things and all that, but really look into who they are. Like, as a person, have you met them yet? How, and if you can't meet them yet, is it consistent outside of social media, the things they do, they say, and all of that? Yeah. So I think it's really important to know even what your presence means on there. Because if you don't even know what your presence means to other people, even if they're strangers, it's like it's important to know that it, what you're putting out there is the truth. I think because you just you just reminded me of a particular like entrepreneur I, I looked up to, mm -hmm. like he, some some real shit just came yep. out like about him recently about um, something pretty scandalous like he, he the stuff he would preach online mm -hmm. it was like super exactly. positive or yeah. like uplifting. But then in the back, and then in like, not literally in the back, but behind the scenes, he was a yeah. sleaze bag. A friend, of, someone who knew him, it's a sleaze uh, bag. Uh, a friend of his told this person like he doesn't really believe any of the stuff he's talking about. He's online. just put. He's just putting it out yeah. there. And he, and he got him great publicity. He's a two-time New York best-selling author. You see, and, so, and 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 those are the things I'm starting to notice because. Uh, 
when you see some people and you see what they put out there, but then you you encounter them in person and it's it's their what their words aren't consistent with their behavior. That's where the problem lies. It's like now. It is a game of catfish all the time. Yeah, it reminds me of like those TV shows, like oh, you meet your hero and your hero. Yeah, and they disappoint you. Yeah. So, that's a that's another thing that that is important, and that's a huge responsibility, especially if you know people who blow up as YouTube stars or online. They they, it's not just where they're getting the benefit of the attention, but because of that attention, they have an impact on other people. Exactly. And they, I think a lot that's something that they don't always realize, like mm -hmm. something you say. Like even like the whole Tide Pod challenge. I don't even know how that that started, but like what is it? The Tide Pod challenge. Have you guys heard? No. Did you guys hear about that? No. No. Last year that was like the biggest thing. Like teenagers no were eating Tide Pods. I'm sorry, they were eating Tide Pods. Pods? Yeah. yeah. For what? Once again, this is what I call the de-evolution of humanity. So, <laughs> Wait, they were eating Tide Pods. Tide Pods. For like, what? Like, what was the... Detergent. Detergent, yeah. I guess... It's a detergent. I know, I know. I'm just thinking it's a, it's a they opened it and swallowed it. Yeah. yeah. So coming from nurse perspective, <laughs> they are poisoning themselves. Kids yeah, uh, are poisoning themselves. So that, again, that, it, goes, it goes back to that, like, what, like to ha having that responsibility, you know, especially the, like, those who have a lot of the attention to realize what the kind of impacting, the kind of impact that they have on, especially the kids, because the kids are on social media wow. way more than the adults, especially kids. Uh -huh. If uh, they, they asked me a lot because the camera, I was like, oh, you're on YouTube, you're on YouTube. Kids are watching YouTube way more than TV and yeah. Netflix. They're yeah. on YouTube yeah. and that. And then teens are on Instagram. And then what do they see? Freaking, um, you know, not hating anyone who's like a model or anyone who's, mm -hmm. like, you know, doing their hustle, but, you know, it's, that's what they see. And that's what they think, that's what they think they have to be in order to be, feel validated. And, and it creates, along with that, it creates a false reality because it's like that Definitely. validates you or people try to insult somebody who has a, like a successful Instagram account or who's famous just to get a response. Just uh -huh. that response is like, yo, I got, I got Puff Daddy to respond to me calling him a bunch of names. That ain't exactly. exactly. You know, and it's like my so generation where I come from is like the beginning of the internet being yep. very prevalent. Yeah, yeah. However, I'm from graffiti. So in graffiti, when people do stuff like that, you find them and you go to like, you don't just find out who they are. You find out like where they work, who they're dating, who their friends are kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, what's well, better me talking crap to you on Instagram and just or having it go on forever. Or if I show up at your work mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're face to face with me, or if I show up when you're on a date with your girlfriend and all of a sudden you got to deal with me in person, not on, not on Instagram. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's some real shit. Most of these people are not ready for it at all. It's like, yo, we still live in the real world. Exactly. Man. We don't, you're not living in virtual reality. You don't live on Instagram. You live here. <laughs> yeah. So if you're going to say those things world. about somebody or troll somebody or hurt somebody's feelings or be like harassing people, you know, somebody like me will bring it straight to your face. Yep. Yep. And you, you don't want that. You know what I mean? Like, like all those things that you said, I guarantee you wouldn't say them to my face. You know what I mean? Or to the face of somebody who's representing the interest of someone that you're harassing or trolling. So, you know, don't live in that fake reality, yo. Yeah. There's nothing good there for you. Live in real life, you know, and use social media to help you. I use it to help me. Mm -hmm. When I go traveling to other places, you know? unfortunately here didn't have anybody that I could connect with, but <laughs> when I go traveling to other places, like like I've done I've done cultural ambassador, arts yeah. envoys in other countries. 
When yeah. I went there, I linked with local artists and dancers because exactly. I met them on Instagram. And yep. I said, yo, I'm coming out there. Yep. I'm going to be doing some wall productions. We're going to be doing some dance practice at this or that place. So this, you know, show up and meet us. Show yep. up and meet up with us. You know what I mean? And it has worked amazingly well. And it also enhanced my program and made me look better in front of mm -hmm. the embassy and the people that are hosting me because yeah. it's like I gain resources that way. Yeah. You know, when I go, I have my whole, all my resources lined up as far as this is where we can buy all the paint for our program. Mm -hmm. This is where we can get these materials for our program. We can go and do a mural at this place on our day off and other, other things like that. So for me, I think it's, it's a tremendous tool. It's very powerful, but it's like light and dark. You got to make sure you're staying on the light side of it mm -hmm. because the dark side of it it's it's not just you know looking at a fucked up video of someone getting killed or whatever yeah. it's like letting that information affect you and turning into a negative type of person by consuming that mm -hmm. you know you don't want to consume that think about that you are your thoughts yep you know what i mean your thoughts reflect what you're going to go and act out in real life and if you're thinking about all this dark stuff it's not good for you you know we yeah. have to change the world by being positive and supporting each other mm -hmm. you know what i mean and, and promoting cold. positivity in this world and getting along so yeah. your hands are cold <laughs> I, was like, I was like but he's right no, like yeah i 100 percent um right. don't feed yourself that dark like the whole thing mm -hmm. about whatever you're feeding your thoughts it's like literally like when this meme i saw about your diet not just what you're eating it's what you're intaking it's your mind body yeah. and soul yeah um cassie you want to expand your experience with the guys here <laughs> they want me to expand Poor Cassie. Poor, on my experience yeah, so just to give you guys some context she's the only With the uh, woman here. here for this particular like Sunday, residency Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. For, so, <laughs> what's your experience among, um, among you know the Y chromosome <laughs> so I was comparing it to this movie that uh, Mel Gibson was in uh, What Women Want and ah. There's a new one coming out with Taraji P. Henson, which she got a star on the, in the Walk of Fame, by the way. I'm proud of her. Um, and she's going to be in a new movie called uh, What Men Think. Or What Men Want. I what think. Men Want. I think it's Maybe a, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's like... It's, it's literally the sequel. It's Yeah, it's like the, the, the next part to it. And I feel like I've gotten an insight into... <laughs> Any valuable insight about how men think about, and communicate. About this particular... Any, any insight... I mean, I already know that, like, I have a brother, but, like, I don't have, um, I'm not around him as much, and uh, I feel like I used to have a good hold on, like, how guys think, like, maybe back in my college days and high school days, I used to kick it with a lot of guys, but I think over the uh, these past couple of years, I've just surrounded myself with a lot of, like, women, and so being here with three guys in the same company has been interesting because I, I noticed, like, the contrast. I mean, I see similarities too, but I'm noticing the contrast, which it isn't bad. You got, we just think differently, <laughs> we communicate differently, but maybe we're on the same like wavelength. Like how we're the, just like talking about it, like the text in <laughs> different ways. Yeah, like uh, one of our company members is sick right now, so he couldn't be down here, and I noticed the way Emory responded to him, and then I responded to him in like so many words, and all he said was, "Yeah, for shiz." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel better, sexy. But that's just <laughs> the way I am. And I said this okay, whole thing. <laughs> However, you got to understand there's a polarity between human beings. Mm. And the thing is, is that just like you said, you responded in so many words. Yeah. It's like sometimes because Emroy is a person who communicates very precisely by mm -hmm. using a medium to small amount of words. <laughs> I'm like you. I'm a big mouth. I talk a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. 
that's my thing. But sometimes people like us, we overwhelm other people and they don't have a lot to say to us because we mm -hmm. already said way too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a polarity. I feel like sometimes when people want to talk to me a lot yeah. or do what I call talking at me where they're mm -hmm. just giving you <laughs> their energy like straight to your face. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah, it's like spraying you when you're soaking wet with words or with yeah. verbal diarrhea and you're like, somebody give me a towel. I'm covered in shit. <laughs> Verbal diarrhea. You don't feel like engaging. It makes you not feel like engaging, you know? So there's, I, to me, I think of it as a polarity. Like when somebody is showing that strong polarity of talking, la, 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 mm -hmm. it makes you kind of go, okay, mm -hmm. I think I'll go have some pizza. <laughs> you know? It makes you want to tone it down because sometimes it's too much. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Like now I'm going to bounce off something because I just realized we talked, Gil was talking about and you also like we're talking about taking care of the self uh, off camera oh self-care yeah um we're older dancers mm -hmm. we're not like 21 and 18 year olds going ham without warming up how has you know i guess the value of warming up taking care of your body nutrition how has that how has the importance of that flipped everything you know what i mean so like from like for me um proper warming up has been huge mm -hmm. doing yeah. therapy workouts for my back has been huge mm -hmm. um especially what i eat I, I i remember this one antics performance i i ate a whole <laughs> box of spicy patsu mm. oh my gosh <laughs> an hour before worst mistake of my life because oh. i had an ulcer throughout the whole show oh, oh my gosh yeah and then and it shows in the performance because like, one part i was supposed to jump yeah and then i go Ugh. and then amy was like oh my god i'm like what was that oh my and god. then <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and, and then and like, it was just a jump yeah and then <laughs> amy was like was that the night oh yeah that's when you got your ulcer so oh, yeah. No. yeah so that's where it's like the like i mean i, I I knew before, but it was like, we're out. I've been craving pads to you. Yeah. So yeah. Right now, how have you guys started switching your taking care of yourself nutritionally, mentally, physically? Yo, I went through a huge shift, mm -hmm. paradigm shift yeah. in my nutrition. Um, I've always been pretty uh, like physically fit and conscious of the mechanics of my body and the state of my body. Um, but then the nourishment and nutrition added a whole new dimension to that. So I had a situation where my toxic lifestyle was caused me to go through a change in my um, mentality and my emotions. And I started getting really bad anxiety and a little bit of depression at one, at one point in time. And at that time, I used that as a, a paradigm shift. I literally started meditating every day. Mm. I started reading books about um, consciousness, building up your, you know, your self-worth and your inner um, inner universe, if that's the right word. I don't know. Books like The Power of Now, The Secret, mm, um, The Alchemist. Books. Oh, great book. You know what I mean? Just a lot of books along those. I started writing every day, writing down everything, writing all my dreams. And I also changed my nutrition. And I also stopped, um, at that period of time, stopped smoking weed and drinking alcohol. Um, but at that moment is where I really gathered a lot of very helpful information that I still continue now. So there's a philosophy in Eastern, um, Eastern culture and Eastern medicine called yin and yang. Most mm -hmm. people are familiar with this, but 
it's it's very deep and I have a couple of close friends that are practitioners of Eastern medicine and acupuncture mm -hmm. that really, really helped me during this time. Um, shout out to my close friend, Andrew Ng. He's a dancer also, but he's also a martial artist and healer. Um, so he gave me so much helpful information and it's really to understand that I had an imbalance in my yin and yang and I had, I was too hot. That's very much my personality, I'm very hot. Um, People always, when somebody's close to me, they always touch me. And they're like, "Oh, you're so you're so hot. I'm cold and stuff like that." Not right now because we're in the freezing ass cold. But, um, and I'm typically a person that gets warmed up and sweats a lot, and my face turned red. And I love like salty foods, spicy foods, oh, garlic, cool. jalapenos, stuff like this. That's really hot. And I had to realize how to balance that out, and also how that feels in my body when yeah. I'm too hot. Mm -hmm. um, which hmm. I could have them switched, but I think it's a uh, Yan deficiency in a yin. I don't know. I can't remember which, <laughs> which is which, but I know it's hot and cold. So I learned a lot of those yeah. foods that you can identify that helps bring you back to balance when you're too hot. Mm. And so for me, that's tremendous. Um, also acknowledging your your body and the physical condition that you're in when you're about to dance or perform is very important. I'm 36 years old. Mm -hmm. I've been through. ACL replacement surgery and physical Ooh. therapy and all that and come back to break dancing yeah. at the age of 33 you know mm. what I mean so yeah. like that is tremendous for me and th that time that like two year span when I was unable to break full out was a huge time of contemplation and change in my life and when I started dancing again it was like this revelation of how much I love dance and how deep of a connection I have to it and how great it is for me in my life and it's like after that i feel like i got so much better i felt so much better about it and i really became empowered by knowing that this is my path and this is like so so deeply a part of me and and my path with it is so much more powerful because of that so mm -hmm. whatever your age whatever your level of physical fitness nutrition whatever that is to you always analyze that. I have some friends, yo, I got one friend, this guy's a personal trainer, a model, a dancer, all that stuff. This guy's yoked, as long as I know him, he's always had a perfect body, but yo, he can go eat McDonald's every day and get a McRib and then go after that and eat biscuits and gravy and like, and like his Jeez. body will always be perfect. That's just his, his genetics, physiology, yeah. what he his has. Genetics, That's yeah. what he's working with. I'm not working with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have to realize what works for me. Some people want to eat white rice every day. Some yeah. people want to eat bread and um, donuts and bagels and stuff like that every yeah. day. I'm neither of those. I have to have a balance. That's just how my body works. And I encourage everybody out there, learn about yourself and your body. When you mm -hmm. start to feel that thing in your gut, when your stomach goes, and then when Ooh, you take oh, yeah. wicked shit, you know, <laughs> no, no, that. think about that. What did I eat? What made that happen? You know what I mean? Was it too much coffee or was it? McDonald's, you know what I'm saying? Like, Word, what yeah. was it? And analyze that and analyze how that's working through your body. So that was a really long answer, but this or is, I'm really glad go. you asked that because it's something I feel very deeply about. Yeah, so it you. is. Yeah, <laughs> or if you can't go when you're constipated. That's um, another that's thing. That's a whole other thing. No, no. Get some coffee and you'll be okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Figure that out. Um, uh, similar to him, it's the same thing. Um, I think... I went through a major shift, and it's not to say I was unaware of these things, because obviously I had nursing education, so I did have that advantage. But sometimes going into um, 
when you're thinking about physical fitness or just movement in itself, you're thinking, oh yeah, it's gonna take care of me. I'm, I'm so young, nothing's gonna hurt me. My knees are gonna be good. I'm gonna have all that energy forever. And then people tell you, oh, the older you get, the older you get, it, things are gonna get worse. It's mm. true to a certain degree, mm -hmm. only if you stop caring. Yeah. So um, I think I went through a phase where I, I did stop caring and I thought, um, the answer to all my problems was just to dance all the time and that's not how you're just going for me for my body How I'm just gonna stay physically fit and so I've come into this space Where I'm returning back to what my version of health and fitness looks like because uh, I feel like I even allowed um, Others perceptions of what health and fitness look like um, Gauge what I was gonna do in my life so for me, it's like it's very important now to know what it is that I'm eating, what I'm staying away from eating, um, what I'm putting into my body before performances, after performances. Not pat to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and definitely knowing that I need to, to stretch before and after and knowing things like uh, he talked about it earlier, like your own version of cryotherapy or your own version of yoga. So, because even if I can't get into a yoga class, I understand that some version of stretching and doing yoga poses is going to help me to elongate my muscles and still maintain that flexibility that's needed in movement. Yeah. And whether that be before or after, I, I need to lift some weights, you know, to build a muscle. So it's like putting all these practices into my everyday life, but seeing how I can balance it and structure it into into my life so that it's a daily habit, a weekly habit, a monthly practice, and then an overall just um, way of life. And not just thinking I need to do it right now, I just need to prep for the gig for three months because I'm gonna do this show. And then after the show is over, okay, cool, eat whatever you want, do whatever you do. No, knowing that it goes beyond just being a dancer, it's just um, longevity. Yeah. Longevity, if you see longevity, um, how do you wanna feel? beyond just being a dancer. So I think all that stuff I am now start, like putting into my life slowly but um, surely and making sure that I maintain it and not just have it be like a, just the answer for right now or just yeah. this year, it's a new year, new me. Like, no, I wanna maintain it in my life. And I think what it starts with too is definitely your mentality, your mindset and knowing uh, why? Know your why of why you want to do this. If you're doing it because of just the way you look, well, then that's all you're going to get. It's just the way you yeah. look. But if you're doing it for mind, body, and soul, you are going to go through a whole, uh, um, a whole transformation of self. Yeah. If you understand that the reason why you're thinking about all these things is more than just your physical appearance. It's your inner, your outer. It's um, how you're affecting those around you. So if, if I'm eating healthy and I'm noticing uh, I'm, what I'm eating consciously, people around me are going to be aware of it and ask questions and maybe want to now make conscious um, changes in their eating habits. And if I am, um, instead of getting like full of anxiety, let's say before I go out for a show, instead I'm working on like deep breathing and um, going into a positive mental space someone around me or the energy around with like my other company members, they're going to feel that as well and maybe want to put that into practice for themselves. So it's more than just a right now type of a thing. It's 
understanding what you need to do for your longevity and how you want to do it for the everyday for your own self, right? Mm -hmm. And knowing that you are impacting others while you're doing it. And I think that's important. So I don't know. I don't want to say what I do or what he does or what he does is going to be good for everybody. But I would say it's really about listening to your own self. What do you need for your body? What do you need for your mindset? What do you need for your soul? And um, figuring out how how to put that into your life on the regular. I want to talk about quickly about self-talk, uh, about like, you know, when you get a win and when you get a loss. Mm-hmm. You know, because some people they're like, you, they get a win, they're like, that's not it. On to the next one, mm-hmm. they don't really acknowledge the victories mm-hmm. or, you know, basking. Uh, they just all, they're always on, and sometimes, you know, that they, they never really celebrate it. Or some people who experience the loss, they experience the loss hard. So like, what are the things that you tell yourself? when you win and when you lose? Wow, that's a great question. That's a really good question, yeah. Um, <laughs> for me, um, when I win, I really try to look at the circumstances of what what did I win and how, mm-hmm. why, and how does this affect me? And usually it's very positive and it's, it's also something you can learn from that win, you know? Like, I'll give you an example, the last time that I won a battle with my break crew, Concrete All-Stars. Yo, we went in this jam from, it was like from the second we stepped in the jam, we were meant to win. Like we walked in there, we all had matching gear on. We looked like a break crew and this is a jam, which is a new generation type of event. We were older than most people there, okay? Mm-hmm. But we went in there, we showed them what's up. Yeah. Meaning that we embodied this culture of b-boying. You know what I mean? We came in with the matching joints, with our names on it, with our crew name on the back. We came with routines that we knew we could strategize because I worked with these guys so many times doing these same routines. And we do it like with finesse and with happiness in our hearts because we love this dance. So it was like, to me, I know that us, us winning that jam was very natural. We really didn't have much competition going into that. Um, and it was a positive, a good thing for us to do. You know what I mean? So. That's sort of like the lesson I took from that win. And I, when I lose, I, I do the same thing. I'll be like, why did we lose? Mm-hmm. What happened? What can I learn from this? And even if it's a really grueling defeat, you know, yeah. one of my biggest defeats was when I blew out my knee. Oh, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I blew out my knee on stage in this arena in Duluth, Georgia, in front of like 8,000 people and literally screamed like, ah, like, like it hurt physically and it hurt emotionally and it was very scary because in my mind I'm like what am I gonna do after this you know what I mean so however I had to go inside and really think why did this happen Mm. what did I do to make this happen because Mm -hmm. I made that happen Mm. you know what I mean and I didn't take good enough care of my body Mm -hmm. I was kicking it too much and not taking enough physical care of my body. I wasn't listening to my body. I wasn't standing up for myself enough as a performer. That's another thing um, because a lot of dancers and a lot of performers, you know, our our mentality or our bringing is to go, just go, just do it. You got this, let's go. And sometimes you gotta stop and say, no, hold up, wait, I can't do this right now. Yeah. Mm, you know what I mean? Right, and yeah. so that yeah. was the problem I had with that particular show was I was already injured. There was already a torn ligament in my knee, oh, but they man. didn't let me stop. And what I should have done is put my foot down mm-hmm. and said, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Right. So that's a big, 
challenge for a lot of performers. Um, me personally, usually I'm very good at that and this was just a time when I should have pushed it harder and I should have pushed my own physical fitness, physical therapy and recovery harder. But unfortunately, I had to take that L yeah. and when I took it, I turned it into a huge positive because um, I used it as an excuse to learn everything about this injury and how to rehabilitate it so I can get back to dancing 100%. Mm, yes. And I used it as like, I call it like a, like a wounded soldier, wounded warrior mentality because I'm like, I'm still going to do what I'm going to do, yeah. but I have to adapt my activity around this. And mm -hmm. I, I can't deny it. I fell into a very negative space during that time. You know what I mean? Like, yo, think about it, dude. I've been, I've been breaking and doing, doing graffiti. I've been active my whole life. Even since a little kid, I was always really wild and really physical and like, always got to do something very physical of myself and to take that a person like me and be like lay down and ice your knee all day watch a movie just chill i can't do that mm -hmm. i cannot fucking do that right yeah. so it's like yeah guess what i did i drank a lot you know what i mean i smoked a lot of weed you know and that's just being honest with you like that's one thing where i'm like if i do this i'll be able to chill yeah just as long as i want but mm -hmm. that's not good for your body. It's not good for your mind. It's not good for recovering and re rehabilitating yeah. yourself because mm -hmm. those things are gonna be uh, basically slowing you down. Mm -hmm. You know, more so, more so than alcohol than the weed, in my opinion. But um, that was a huge challenge, and I had a lot, and it was it was just a huge life lesson, ongoing, continuing. Not only that, I was on workman's comp for two years while I was healing up, and that is its own continuing life lesson because mm -hmm. workman's comp is ruthless mm -hmm. they drop you yep. they'll drop you on you you collect a paycheck every week which is dependent upon your follow-up all mm -hmm. you have to do go to every doctor's appointment submit every piece yeah. of paperwork um follow up with every single person including your physical therapist mm -hmm. and i did that to a t i was at every appointment on time got the thing signed by my doctor sent it straight to my case manager every single time. Same thing with physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And I learned along that time that not only did they try to just intentionally drop you sometimes and make it look like an accident, mm -hmm. which they did. It's like, yo, my paycheck didn't come this week. Oh, I'm talking to my case manager. Oh, my paycheck did, didn't come this week. Um, what's going on? And they go, oh, looks like your name was dropped from the system. I'm sorry. We'll just put all your info back in and next week you'll get two paychecks. Oh, and it's like, oh, okay, great. So you're checking if I'm even following up basically. Yeah. Wow. And then not only that, they also spy on people and they do stuff to catch people and film them and record them spying on them to uh, bump them off of your health coverage and your workman's comp benefits. Because you, you know, I got, I was on for two years collecting a paycheck every week. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So for that company and those businesses, sometimes they want to be like, hmm, this guy looks healthy. Let's see yeah. if he's really injured. Put a $20 down, uh, a $20 bill down on the ground in front of his apartment building. When he comes down, if he bends down to pick it up, you know, My Odyssey in and of itself mm -hmm. taught me a huge lesson about life, like so many lessons. And that's what I'm trying to get to. When you take an L, take a minute and sit back, let that frustration settle and think, why did this happen? What yeah. did I do? How did I do this? Because, yo, frankly, you probably did it in some way. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You did. And if you want to get better and you want to recover and come back past that, what can you do to get past that? And, and to say, if I was to walk into this same situation and change the outcome, what would I do? And go forward from there. Mm. Yeah. Why are you yeah. fast? 
Um, so with wins, uh, it feels really good at the time, right? Um, but I think now in this day and age, we tend to be in this like fast-paced society where we, like you said, tend to go on to the next one. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you're winning, you're winning, you're winning. And then you get to a point and you finally get to a loss, but you forget about all the wins you've had oh, up until this yeah. point um, to get to the loss. And I think um, something I'm learning to do is to really enjoy the win, mm -hmm. write it down, write down how you feel, know... Um, um, it's almost like observing and taking notes, like figure out how you got there. What are the steps that got you to the win? Yeah. Like so that you can win again. Yeah. Um, in regardless of whatever you're doing, uh, be it a competition or, um, oh, I got to this country today or, hey, we're on this residency today. To me, like right now, this experience is a win. And so um, something that I've been trying to do which I try to think about because I don't think I did that enough as a kid and teenager and young adult is to really um, uh, just get grounded into the win and understand and feel good about it and be proud of what it took me to get here. So for me, like doing this first residency, everything's like paid for and we're getting to, you know, we're getting to do what we love to do, inspire the young generation. It's like I want to remember this forever and enjoy this win and figure and always know how I got to this point. How did I get here? Mm. So that I can continue forward to try and get other wins, you know, yeah. as I continue. Now, when it comes to the losses, I want to say the same thing. I, something that I did, that's my behavior. I tend to just be like, okay, I lost. Okay, move on. I don't really go through the emotional cycle of it. I'll just try and like, Move on. Let me get oh, to the next challenge. It, yeah. yeah, it's like almost like in denial. So um, something I've worked hard to try and do is just to feel the loss. And like he said, it's like if you're losing. Like one recent loss I had was last year. I was in a video for this like South African artist. And um, again, it was like a gig that I got off social media. But I felt like I hadn't been doing enough. Um, of the work that I used to do as far as like being on camera and dancing on camera. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see at the end of the day when the shot was released on Vivo or whatever, I'm like, oh man, where's my freestyle clip? And I'm thinking, man, they probably didn't like it. And I'm thinking back into it and I'm thinking, well, I was out of breath. Um, I didn't even do as well as I could have on my freestyle. Uh, prior to even being booked on the shoot was I going over my material? Was I... Um, doing the work that I needed to do in that style of dance? Or was I just basing it off all the previous wins and being like, oh yeah, I deserve this. Oh, and then yeah. now I get to this loss, but I'm forgetting all the steps it took to get mm. to the win, which is why they noticed me in the first place to book me. No, like the whole, the, the racking of the W has made you feel entitled? Ex exactly, it's like a sense of entitlement. And yeah. so it's like you have to revel in the wins and the losses and take notes on both so that you know what you want to continue doing what you don't want to do and how do you learn from the things you did do that didn't get you to the win but it kept you in that loss yeah. you know but you want to really stay grounded in the loss don't put it in denial like feel it take the notes and then figure out how you can transform it how you can fix it so that you can get a win or if even if it's not a complete win how do you get up from that level of where you're at if we're doing like a scale of zero to ten if you were really at a level of two how do i at least change a step or add a step to get to the level three. So mm. I say, yeah, really taking into consideration what it means to win and lose 
and knowing the steps that it took to get to both so that you can pick and choose. Yeah. I, I think one thing that we kind of bypassed, which was in his question about self-talk, mm -hmm. is that you got to understand this perspective that we're both giving is, is we both have very high self-esteem and we both have like very positive self-talk already. Yeah. I didn't yeah. really mention that. Mm. But my thing is like, I believe so much in myself and what I do yeah. that when people ask me what I do, I want to tell them I'm a superhero yeah. because that's how I see myself. Yeah. If that sounds conceited, you know, that's, that's whatever. But, um, I don't, I don't mistreat people badly or look down on anyone else yeah. because of that. That's what I think. And I think everybody else has mm -hmm. that capacity and is to be their own superhero as well. So oh. my self-talk is very positive. Yeah. When I get up every day in the morning, I look up and I, and I go, I'm alive. Thank God. Yep. Grateful. You know, you have to be grateful. You have to be positive about who you are. Mm -hmm. And so I think we kind of bypass that because I know for a lot of people that maybe don't feel that way about themselves, it's crucial, man. It's hard. You got to appreciate yourself. First, appreciate I think, yourself, yeah. who you are and what you're doing and, and really shift into that and loving, really loving yourself because you, you will see that you are worth it and you deserve it. And when you feel that way, you bring that same vibration to other people and mm. you also receive it more readily from them and you can see it coming from them instead yeah. of being insecure about who you are and insecure about the other people around you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So self-talk is very important and it's very important to love yourself and be positive about who you are and what you're doing in life. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do a bathroom break real quick, but Say, I, th I think one of the things that they're, um, that's super important because it's based off what they're talking about is is, look at me, I'm on the dark side right now. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, I'm getting oh, complete light. I'm gonna have to fix this in post. I'm a roar. Yeah. Super white. <laughs> and I'm like glowing so, out here. Like, so, like, I, you are glowing. <laughs> are you pregnant? No! <laughs> I'm right, focus on the. <laughs> so, anyways, I think one of the things that. That's what it is to be with antics <laughs> That's in a sentence. That's kind of important is, you know, the, there's the, the self-talk is important. The self-esteem is important, especially for those of you who feel like you don't have it because you had a tough upbringing, you were bullied a lot and shit, I was bullied a lot, yeah. a lot uh, growing up, um, which is one of the reasons I got, I, you know, got a temper that really affected me negatively in my adulthood. But I think that when it comes to the self-talk, I think the, it starts, you know, obviously self-talk's talking how you talk about yourself. Um, and I think that can start the common thing is like it's very funny to be self-deprecating so oh like mm. like like i'm too short to be doing this yeah yeah like, even though it's a joke you like you, your physiology your mentality doesn't know the difference yeah it's gonna start believing and start and you'll start seeing you know what you get what you focus on you know that's where energy goes yeah and then that self-talk has to start with how you how you say certain things every single day it's within the language of how you say things like I'm never gonna be be that. You're right. <laughs> You're never gonna be that because you just said it and kind of put it out there in the universe. Uh, there's that whole saying that you know, if you whether you think you can or can't, you're right. Same thing with yourself. Um, how you say yourself, like I instead of saying you know I, I'll never be that, I can't be that yet, but I will be. It's a, it's like it's a simple thing. One like one of my friends told me the most life changing thing I ever said to her was we were at rehearsal. She's like, oh my god, I hate my life right now. Like I hate my life. And I told her like, for this, at this very moment, you hate it. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise, you're completely denouncing everything mm -hmm. good that's happened in your life. So the languaging is super important. It's something that we overlook in terms of how we talk to ourselves. I mean, 
um, because we're running constant scripts of what's of our upbringing, um, like how your parents viewed you, your teachers, your cousins, and then um, a lot of the things we think about ourselves aren't exactly true. Because mm-hmm. yeah, when there's a point in our when we were kids that we we're more confident than most adults, yeah, and then you know, then it gets buried and hidden by the scripts and the language from other adults trying to protect you because they're doing their best, mm-hmm. but it didn't necessarily serve you for this journey of life. Yeah. So it's a matter of like unlearning those scripts and being self-aware, like um, which is why I love what Gil said about journaling because it helps tracking. And I'm very big on the saying, what what gets tracked, what gets measured, gets managed. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to be aware of the thoughts that come in, um, that can help you track of, okay, you, you become aware of what's holding you back and then you can change it. For me, when I was, I think, um, going through therapy and trying to help manage my anger a lot better, a lot of it, this is one of my favorite things, like when I, I and it had to be super simple, I would journal it with my left hand. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I felt this because, and it was like almost, not only, it was activating like almost me as a, the, the inner child. Yeah, um, yeah. And then on the right side, I would have to be the adult mm, and see how I, would, how I would heal myself from that. That's wow. So, and it was like, that yeah. show was transforming. That's yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So, then, and like, it's creative in a sense and also again measuring it and then then you start seeing the patterns in your life and a lot of people are unaware of the patterns that are constantly you know in cycle and then you know and then they wonder why their life's not any better because they're in a they're stuck in a pattern that they're unaware of so the matrix so to speak Mm -hmm. so bathroom break (laughs) deep yeah Uh, we're able to have the conversation of uh of understanding that we have it inside of us, everybody has it inside of them. Sometimes um, people aren't able to tap into that power per se. And I think sometimes it is like what you mentioned, um, <coughs> your friend was affected by you, but all you had to do was say something about it. So it can sometimes be about the environment. So if you have to take yourself out of situations and patterns in which your society, the society that you choose to be in, is 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 not. Uh, I guess I, I'll I'll take it as if it, it's a garden. You are a garden. So if you're not tending to your garden and the things around you, there's weeds, and you got to pluck the weeds. You got to yeah. take it out. So you got to take out the weeds and take away the things that don't serve you best and put the things that do serve you. And if you aren't able to tap into it, sometimes it's not a matter of fake it to make it, but um, you have to learn the process. Like for me, a lot of it was reading. Um, I think he mentioned it earlier in another question, like the books you read. Like I had to read about my soul and my spirit to really start to get connected into it because I had been like systemized so much so that I felt like I was disconnected from my own self, my own wants and needs. And I was basing it off what people say or society says, the things around me are saying what's important. So I had to read things like, I don't know, The Power of Intention, um, he mentioned a great book, The Alchemist, that we talked about before. Um, in order to start, in order to start exposing myself, and then also um, gain things from friends and people that I'd be around that are good for my environment, that could nurture my progress and my growth. So, learning learning things like. Um, listening to motivational speeches or being around people that do think positively about themselves. So it then inspires you to want to 
think the same way about your own self. Yeah. So I think that's important. Knowing that your environment is also a way that you can learn, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, you guys are talking about books. I want to, like, I guess, quick round on that. Like, bo the book that changed your life. Like, um, like, and, like, one nugget you that you got from it. So, so mine was, oh, Damn. my God. <laughs> that was a, yeah. Um, for me, it was, oh, the four agreements. Oh, yeah. Four Don't agreements. take anything personally. Yep. I read that one, how everything is, just, you know, everyone's just a reflection of their own inner workings. Mm -hmm. That was like, that was one of the most powerful things I've ever read. Or like a huge, I guess, a paradigm shift in how um, I would react to how other people's reacting, so to speak. Um, yeah, because then I start then that started like that took my my reactions or my temper to like even less like because then I started taking less things personally yeah and then because I used to be like you know a, a lot of my friends who've known me for a long time used told me like like they felt like they had to walk on eggshells around me because they never they didn't know what upset me yeah so yeah um for me I have a lot of newer Books that I could say, you know, self-help books, spiritualist books, books that are about, you know, self-actualization and realization and all this stuff. But my favorite books that influenced me are the ones that I read when I was a kid. And I have to say that probably one of the biggest influences is the author. His name is Roald Dahl. Heck yeah. And a lot of his, a lot of his books have become movies that people love, like, yeah. um, what, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, mm. BFG, BFG. Uh, James and the Giant Peach. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Those are just a few. There's lots oh, more. And the guy's work is deep. It's really mm -hmm. deep and it's very much um, about coming forward as an underdog and mm -hmm. finding your natural talent and power and coming into power through that, through um, uh, fantastical circumstances, <laughs> which is how I feel about my life. So. For me, that's a huge thing. Roald Dahl, that author, and that's, it's the influence is, is very subliminal as well, mm -hmm. you know. So it's something that it's hard for me to put into words. It's just a feeling, and it's a part of my personality at this point. Um, another one which is huge for me, it was, uh, it's it's a comic book. And comic books have always been huge influence for me. Even now, I still read comic books. Um, but I watched the anime of it as a really young kid, like ten years old. And then when I got older, I started collecting comics I basically collected like every issue of this comic and it's called Akira the, oh, Akira. the yeah. author is called Katsuhiro Otomo and it's a very influential anime for people of my generation of the sort of like first first generation of anime coming to America and becoming mm -hmm. popular this is literally called a cult classic this anime so watch that anime if you get a chance and you're into graphic novels and comics definitely check out any of the Akira comics they come in big thick comics now originally I think it was like like a comic book size like that and then they've compiled them into these big thick ones mm. and I used to have all of them and I lost all of them somehow <laughs> but that manga is so deep and it's all about human evolution and the fact that human evolution is not a physical um, process but what is what super I mean it is a physical process but what's superseding that process is the spiritual evolution and the evolution of human consciousness mm. and you're seeing that as the thing which 
manifests in everything physical. So it's that which is higher. So um, I don't know if that's the best description of it, but I love that. And I've happened to feel that what is detailed in that, in that manga, because it takes place in the future, is actually t taking place now in our world as we see it happening now. So it's pretty deep. It's pretty deep, yeah. and I love it. And I've always—it's always given me great confidence to think about it as like, no, the world we're living in now is similar to this world I've already have knowledge of from these comics that I read. And I'm one of these people that's my my consciousness is expanding, and I have to be a positive influence through that. Mm -hmm. So those are some good books for you to check out. Even though they're comic books. Yeah. Kids books. Yeah, comic books yeah, are so still, great. Yeah. I used to want to be a comic book artist when I was in Oh, yeah? Grade. Yeah, my, I, I, I drew comic books and they got featured in my school library. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I was that's like cool. obsessed with making comics. That's really cool. Yeah, I did that in school too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mentioned it earlier. Um, the Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer. That was a, oh, Wayne Dyer's great. A real, yeah, and he's a great author. Of so many books, but that book specifically, I found uh, at the Rose Bowl swap meet at a pivotal time in my life. It wow. literally was um, the summer that I ended up quitting my job, and so I think at that time I was just going through a whole transformation of my life and the things I'm thinking about. And one thing that I really took away was a sentence that I still say to this day, and I try to. Um, say it all the time is um you have to you you have to know that things are not just happening to you you have to know that you are allowing things to happen to you or you can make things happen for you mm. it's up to your mindset mm. and where how you see it because if all you see is a dire situation then that's all that situation is going to be now if you see um a time um an opportunity of possibility now all these doors are going to open up and now you're going to see the different um ways that your life can go yeah so one sentence that i got from that book and i still use it to this day i think i wrote it and put it in my wallet put it everywhere put it in my mirror put it on my push pin board was um i'm ready and willing to accept the unlimited abundance that the universe wants to give me mm. and that means that i know that there are there is an endless amount um of ways that my reality can go and i know that i by being open to it, can allow these um, possibilities to actually flourish and um, become my reality as I go through my life. Yeah. And I don't need to just wait for things to happen to me or just allow things to happen to me. I can um, allow my mindset to um, show me the doors, even if it appears that all the doors are closed. There will be a key somewhere. Mm. So, yeah, that was one sentence. And then as of late right now, I read a lot of books, but one thing that I've gotten back to is actually reading my journals and poetry that I wrote, like, since I was, like, seven. So, and it's a source of inspiration now, too, because I, I, I read what I wrote when I was a kid. And you mentioned that, like, if you can read back to things you can see like, oh man, like where was my mentality? Like how, what was I being exposed to? But at the same time, I also see that when I was 16, I low key was a genius. I, like <laughs> I was already talking about things that I now at 30 am being exposed to, but somehow, some way I was writing poetry about it at 16. And so that's major for me to read it now. Cause I'm like, oh man, if I was thinking this way and rhyming in this way back then, 
imagine now after all these years of experience where my mind and where what my pathway can be you know now that i have this experience the years the access um the adulthood to utilize and so like reading my old journals reminds me that there are other kids out there at this level and they have these creative ideas but maybe are lacking the mindset so maybe in my adult life i am needing to read it to know that i can help these young kids thrive with the creativity they already have and uh, and allow them to see the doors that maybe they don't see because of their age or mm. maybe because of the insecurity or lack of confidence that we sometimes you know have at a yeah. young age so reading about it and in my own words is like crazy and um helping now to know to like keep me going down my path and my purpose so All right, I think last question. Um, excuse me. Say you're 80 years old, 90 years old. You're on your deathbed. What's the one message that you would want to leave to make an impact? Not maybe on mm. your friends, family, or even mm. the world. Wow. That's deep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's really deep. The one message This is just off the top of my head. When I'm 80, I'm sure I'll have something much more deep to say. <laughs> yeah. But I will just say, um, go outside the box. If you know what that means or if you can understand that metaphor. And and go first with love. Mm -hmm. So that's it. Go outside the box. And when you take, you know, they say put your best foot forward. Make that step a loving step. Mm. That's That's my... 80-year-old deathbed advice. But my, my deathbed's going to be like 115. <laughs> <laughs> I was changing my age, too. By that too. time, my consciousness will have expanded so much yeah. that I'll have something much more profound to exactly. say. So that's just, for right now, off top, that's what I got. Boom. Right? <laughs> I was going to change my age to 103. I really think it's 103 for me. I've been saying that for a long time, too. Um, but I think right now, uh, what I think I would say as of right now, is to listen to your heart, listen to your own inner voice, and allow that to guide you. Allow that to guide you. But mm. truly tap into it, into you, into the core of you, and allow that to guide you, yeah. Dope. What's yours? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you asked us, I was like, I wanna hear it. Did I ever ask this? No, I haven't asked, answered this. This is actually the first time I've ever asked this question. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, shoot, no, I think the most important thing is who you are in the process is much more important than what you achieve. Um, I think that's so much, I think, because it's been, it's ran true so me for, true for me for a lot of years so far, uh, because I've gotten, there have been a lot of moments in my life where I let ambition blind me that I lose it. Yep. side of what's important mm -hmm. uh, I stop to the point where I, I get agitated when I'm supposed to be spending time with loved ones yeah. or when I just feel ang anxious all the time and I'm not mm -hmm. present with anyone and um, you know and then I compare it to mo times where I'm successful and with people and versus when I'm successful I achieve something but I have no one to share it with yeah mm -hmm. yeah uh, and then so that's why I like you can at the end of the day because this is one of the things i i was when i first started doing this entrepreneurship journey it was like like i would have a, a vision in my head with how i was currently 
and I would see myself alone in an office where I would be successful but alone. Mm, that was your vision. So, and that, that was that's why I felt like that's is this what you want? Because if you keep doing this, as like there was like this inner voice, yeah. because like this is what's gonna happen mm-hmm. if you if you're not spending time with the people you love. Yeah. And that's kind of like I feel farther from the vision now, but back then, like 2014, yeah. 2015, I felt that was the route I was heading because mm-hmm. who I was being was you know I was driven, but I was a driven jerk to everyone. Mm. It was it was inspiring, but it wasn't exactly inspiring to my loved ones because, yeah. you know, I was working all the time. Yeah. And then, you know, that's one of the reasons where like it's a series of habits I've tried to figure it out. Like, how do I get all this amount of work I need to get done, and then also spend time with family to be a good dad? And that's super important to me because I, I wasn't the thing the actions I was taking wasn't aligned with being a good dad or yeah. aligned with being a good, you know, good. Uh, fiance at the time mm. and, they, and then you know um, that engagement broke off because of those actions mm. so it's what it just what led to now but I'm I still get to be a good dad I still get to be a good example for my son yeah. that's what's up so um, that's where I'm, that's why it's like who you are in the process is much more important than what you achieve because you you don't want to be alone and that's why I enjoy this because when we're on stage at the at the end of that show mm-hmm. or at the end of those assemblies that shared success yeah. is much more satisfying than doing it by yourself yeah because then like we can kind of talk about it it's yeah. like it's, it's, it's like the whole social aspect of being human so I try not to cry. <laughs> Don't oh, cry. I, know, I, could, I could feel it everywhere. I could tell, yeah. Because that whole, my ambition is what got, like, got me so mad mm. and driven mad that it got me into jail. No way. Yeah. Fuck. With, yeah. with anger issues? Domestic yeah. violence or what? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But yeah. sometimes, it, but yeah. That, 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 that transformed everything to, for me because... When I was in my jail cell, uh-huh. I wasn't by myself. I was in, uh, I was by myself. I had no one, so I was in sen- essentially, you know, like the whole like, I was kind of in solitary, but like, but more of like you're by yourself. You're in your thoughts. You're in like yeah. all these things. And then I got to a point where I was like, how did I get here? Yeah. And how do I never get here again? Yeah. And I was like trying to take responsibility, and then yeah, and then I, obviously getting into really uh, then court, obviously saying. 52 weeks anger management, 52 mm-hmm. weeks domestic violence classes, 52 oh, weeks yeah. parenting classes. I was like, fucking give it to me because I don't it. ever want yeah. to come back here. Because yeah. Yeah. like, and then that that's was good. like, that was all like, you know, that, that's the part that kind of like frustrated me, like and seeing other people like, this is your chance to get better. Yeah. yeah. And, but, but instead, we're, some people were vic- being playing victims like, oh, such and such, my wife tried to do this. Like, yeah. oh, the police officer played it against me. It might, it might, might be true because I don't know their story. But yeah, like this is, you know, it was my opportunity to get better and, you know, kind of reflect on how I was approaching my version of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Interesting. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, that's like a. I don't share that a lot. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So, um, working guys. Follow you guys on, check out your work online. Word, you can check me out online at <laughs> M-R-G-U-I-L-L-O-T-I-N-E 2012, Mr. Guillotine 2012. That's my main account. 
where you see my face and my art and my dance and a lot of the jobs that I do and a lot of people that I work with and teach. Um, I have a few other accounts for other groups that I work with, so I'm just gonna recommend those. Um, at Juice Hip Hop, mm, that's the nonprofit juice, that I work yeah. for. It's a long-standing uh, open session for b-boying and b-girling in Los Angeles and also all, all four elements of hip hop culture. So if you're interested in training or learning, or just coming around a really cool environment. It's a totally free open session. It's a nonprofit organization. And we will teach you how to break, how to DJ, how to be an MC, how to produce your own music and make your own beats and make poetry, and how to do art and be a graffiti artist or street artist or whatever you want. Come check us out. Hip hop is positivity, peace, love, unity, having fun. And that's about it for right now. <laughs> <laughs> for right now. Yeah. Or right now. Um, yeah, you can check me out on my website, www.kickingitwithcast.com. Highlight a couple of the nonprofits I work for, Fusion Performing Dance Academy in East Los Angeles, as well as um, Plaza La Raza um, in Lincoln Heights. Um, amazing centers where kids can go and just indulge themselves in the arts, be it like painting or dance or um, folkloriko. But yeah, all that stuff. And um, Instagram is same thing at kickingitwithcast.com underscore before and after. And yeah. Yeah. So are you seeing how you have to keep saying underscore before and after, which is why I, I didn't even, I forgot to mention that I even have underscores in it. Okay. So, okay. So that's it for today's episode. If you guys liked it, make sure you hit like, subscribe, share this with friends who you YouTube. think might benefit from it. Uh, because like, if you guys are enjoying these roundtable talks, I mean, the whole point of this is for us to be able to kind of, kind of create an open space for, uh, for us to just discuss certain topics and we kind of, Pick, uh, pick their brains about certain processes that I've always been curious about other people. So uh, make sure you guys are also hitting the bell button so you guys are getting notifications of when content like this comes out. If, thanks for watching MRO TV, Vision Paradox TV. This is Gil and Cass. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.